podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm going to be honest, don't really know what I'm doing. He was often a player that I would buy on Football Manager. That's it's already a terrible reason. From Jon Snow, Matt puts Dan's wardrobe to shame. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Look at him, the cat that got the cream. Ian Tyler said it was the worst thing he'd ever seen in his life. Monk, really, he's, what's he, I know Monk. he's manager. What kind of thing is Gary Monk. Five out of ten. I haven't finished yet. I cannot believe Gabby had Bonner Hors. That's crazy, that's isn't terrible. it? That's terrible. Yeah, we might well have lost listeners early doors again with a long, long-winded intro. Go, shoot. Hello, welcome to the Villa View podcast with me, Dan Bardell, and my friend, good friend, Thomas Julian. I'm great. Looking, uh, we're both wearing our Villa Christmas jumpers for those that are watching via the YouTube medium. And if you are not, then you'll just have to imagine it yeah yours is a yours is a kind of patterned aston villa the lion few uh few little christmas trinkets in there as well in demand this is apparently yeah yeah apparently they've sold out lots of people want want this one and there's, there's no more left villa of uh not catered whereas i've think. gone for old-fashioned kind of reindeer you can't really tell it's aston villa until you get right to the bottom and then yeah, it's it says, pretty poor it's poor to be honest then it says aston villa look there you go yeah. so just to prove that it is official aston villa merch is okay i can confirm it is official aston villa <laughs> merchandise well that's that's as happy as this podcast is going to get isn't it yeah still not 100 percent. this end dan has been struggling we found out actually well you tell him it's your yeah, your disease apparently i've been <laughs> i've been wandering around with eumonia for the last week to 10 days so that's been good so if you've come into contact with him i Is mean i don't contagious? know I, well i don't know but i'm still here and i haven't actually suffered any effect no which, i think i deserve good. credit for battling on and doing stuff even <laughs> though i've had you might know that i must admit that i've not been at work the last few days yeah i've well, been you, recuperating you've been a very busy boy you've been up and down the country and you've been you're supporting the villa doing the podcast and doing everything pretty much i think yeah, you've missed, missed one reaction game and and that's the only video you've missed? Yeah, I couldn't unfortunately do a Derby reaction video after the game because I had no voice again. And then for the next few days, it's just been a world of pain yeah. for me. But I'm on the mend, I think. I'm on antibiotics, so I'm starting to feel a bit better today. I've come to work, so hopefully, yeah, let's and get through this podcast, then we'll, we'll know more. Well, you've been in a world of pain. I think most Villa fans have been in a world of pain since Saturday's game. Derby 2, Aston Villa nil, and... Where do you begin with 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 that performance? A massive body blow to the confidence, I think, of of, of Villa and Villa's fans uh, coming up against a, a very good Derby side. It has to be said, Villa with injuries, and we we had more injuries unravel themselves on Friday, so that was debilitating. But uh, there, there's not much. There wasn't much to to cling on to that was positive, was there? No, it was poor. It was very very poor. In fact, I don't, I don't think we set ourselves up in the best way which obviously hasn't hasn't helped. You're saying Derby are a good side, and obviously they are because they're third or fourth or wherever they are now, but I don't think they're a great team. They're just organised. They defend so, so deep, which is that's often... A, if, when teams defend deep against us, I feel like that's been a problem Villa have had for years. They can never have the craft to break, break them down. I mean, I thought Grealish played well. I thought he was the only one that really played well, him and, him and Johnston. They're the only two that can come away and say they had a had a good day really there just seemed to be a, a lack of a desire a lack it looks almost a lack of motivation at times we're just lumping the ball in the box and they were just repelling it there's no Keenan Davis there they were 
we're lumping the ball in the box when we ain't got a striker yeah, on I the th- pitch. I think it's worth saying, I mean, you say that they're well organised and Gary Wright's done a fantastic job since since he arrived there, really really turn around the fortunes of that club. He's a good club. manager. He's a, he's, yeah, very, very good manager and, and very hard done by at, at Birmingham as well. Um, but they sit deep, but they, they counter-attack well. They use the ball well, I think. They, they put the ball in dangerous areas, I noticed, on, on Saturday. Yeah. There were a few balls which, which cut apart our, our defence, and that was from, from the wings and, and through the middle as well. I like the way that, they, that they, they, their midfield seemed to have a bit of a vision. And obviously with a striker like Matej Vidra, and you've got Andrew Weiman who causes problems as well, you've got some creative strikers there who can get on the end of these, these nice through balls. Well, to be fair... We were the ones supplying the through balls. Well, yeah, as that's well. true. As well for the for the one goal. Yeah, you got to help yourself. I just they've got Vidra. He's a, he's a good player, although I felt he was pretty quiet. Actually, Voiman was up for it and worked hard and fair fair play to him. He's got his goal. He didn't really didn't really celebrate, and then he got booed for not by the ref for the rest of the game by Villa fans for some reason, mm-hmm. even though he showed us a bit of respect by not celebrating. It was just a really really bad difficult day at the office, but. Derby, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel there's much between the teams. Like, I, if, if anything, I'd say we've got the better team on on paper. But they just they had a game plan and it worked. We didn't really have a game plan, or the one that we did have didn't work. Doesn't that worry you more though? That if we if you think we've got the better team and yet we're coming out two 0 and we don't deserve anything from that game, we look poor, like you say. That's that's a big worry. No, I'm saying in general when everyone's fit, I think we've got the better better team. I mean, why are we trying to play Josh Arnold up front? For virtually the whole game, 60, 70 minutes, oh, God knows what. I don't, it's not like teams that play false nines, you think of Spain, Barcelona. You don't think of Aston Villa in the Championship, <laughs> lining up with going to be lining up with a false nine. That was a la- pretty much the last thing I was expecting to see when I rocked up at Pride Park. And if you've got Hogan and Gabby on the bench, then if they're fit enough to be on the bench, then surely one of them's fit enough to play 60 minutes and the other one half an hour. We've surely. We'll come on to the striker situation because because it's one that is is riling fans and and quite rightly so. We've we've been dealt our injuries, but when you've got like you say, when you've got Scott Hogan, who's a good player, and we talked about it at the start of the season, we wanted to see him and Jack Grealish play together, and and we thought that that would probably be the best system for Hogan, and then you just don't use him and. Scott Hogan must be absolutely furious with with this decision. You, you've got a twenty year old kid who a lot of people, a lot of Villa fans, saying is naturally a defensive central midfielder more than more than attacking. You know that's why he played for England when they had their uh, under twenty success. And and Scott Hogan must just be sitting there on the bench going, Do you know, what? I've scored goals in my career. I'm a good, a good player. I've had, had my injuries, but now this is my chance. And he, and Bruce hasn't given it to him. Well, he will get. He will get a chance. When? No, like he, this was the got time. No, I know. I, don't, I can only think it comes down to fitness. But then, like I say, if he's not fit enough to start, he shouldn't be on the bench either. And Gap, they both came on, so you, they are they were fit. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, they they were fit. You've raised a few points there. You said about Onima as well. We must be playing him number ten because that's where. Well, or false nine because that must be where Spurs wanting to play. There'll be some kind of. Uh, legality built into his into his loan contract of this is where we want him to play for you so that I'd, I thought number 10 was his position Yeah, I, I know what you're saying for yeah. England when he didn't play there to me he can play central midfield yeah. he could play there play there comfortably and that's something worth exploring now Grealish is back because I do think Honor is a good he's a good player and Grealish is a good player and good players will link up well together mm-hmm. 
now's the time to play Hogan when Grealish is in that number ten role because he was our most hungry player. He was our he was our best player by a mile. Yeah. Outfield on Saturday, so Hogan has to play on Saturday now. We can't be messing around with false nines. Not in the not in the not in the championship. Not when we don't. It's not exactly like we play free flowing football anyway. To, to line up with a false nine, I thought was one of the most bizarre <laughs> things I've ever seen. Yeah, very very <clears throat> true. And um, just going back to Onoma for a quick second. Do you think he's going to get in the Spurs side as an attacking central midfielder? I mean, I don't want to get into Pochettino's mindset too much, and you might be right with this legality where they want to see him play, and that may be part of the loan deal. But really, I, 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 with him and Winks and, and the attacking young British talent they've got there, actually what they might need is somebody who can play a little bit deeper lying, and maybe uh, maybe Onoma could be that guy. Well, he's not better than Deli Alla, and he's not better than Christian Eriksen. Or Harry Winks. Well, Harry Winks is a bit deeper. He plays a bit deeper, Harry Winks. This is another but, one. Though. Yeah, but, and Son. So he's not better than any of them. But then you've got someone like Musa Sissoko in the in the squad for Tottenham, who, get, who gets game time. Mm-hmm. So, long term, he'll get in the 18 on him at Spurs. Mm. He'll definitely get in the 18, and he, I think he's definitely good enough to get in the 18. Maybe not this season, but but at some point. But that, it's, he's not going to play as a number, a number 10 for Spurs into starting eleven when you've got Christian Eriksen, Deli Alli and Sunu, the three that can operate there, absolutely no chance. Yeah, and I guess, again, going back to the legality point, Spurs won't want to see him playing up front either. No, so, uh, I wouldn't have thought so. Especially, I don't think Josh Onum would want to see himself playing well, Especially after the showing on, on Saturday. <laughs> so, very, very strange... Um, forward decision making what did you think of the back four we obviously had an enforced change with, with Hutton coming out and obviously Samba as well um, you, you had Glenn Whelan sitting in, in the hole as normal and, and Yednak and El Mohamedy coming in and filling in there how did you think a makeshift back four or, or five did we just didn't look comfortable anywhere on the pitch all day I mean you can say it was a bad day at the office and it and it pretty much was I mean, I mean to be fair I thought when Derby scored I thought we were just starting to get a bit of a foothold into the game, so that was an annoying. And again, that's, I mean, the elephant in the room, the, the mistake from Whelan was horrendous. Yeah. I've championed Whelan. <clears throat> he had a bad game the other day. Bad games happen. There'll be people that's sitting here listening, telling me he has a bad game every week. That's not, realistically, that's that's not the case. But he's made an absolute howler. You could see it in his, in his reaction and his face afterwards. He was absolutely devastated. He probably has played. He's played a lot of games over the last few months. He probably needs a rest. Hmm. The man you're probably resting for is Jednak. He's having to play at centre back. He looked not not fresh in all honesty. Yeah. He looked slow. Yeah. Well, he- at centre back. But Derby have got a mobile a mobile front line. So that's not the kind of front line you want to see Jednak playing centre back against. If I'm being honest, the the game he played centre back last season in Sheffield Wednesday when it was Jordan Rose. That's the kind of opponent. That'll suit him, not blessed with great pace. But the the derby forwards, they all interchange with each other. They all get around the pitch well. They can all carry the ball. That's not ideal for Yedinak. In hindsight, maybe Alfik should should have played and Yedinak come into the come into the midfield. But even then, I think he would have looked legger. Yeah, he would have been exhausted. Uh, I I thought actually one of Derby's best. Um, kind of tactics of the game was just putting Glenn Whelan under pressure. Every time he had the ball, there seemed to be two or three Derby players kind of kind of jostling him, and there was a couple yeah. of times where he just had to get rid of it. Um, and and obviously he's he's looked he's looked up, seen Sam Johnston a little bit available, and uh, it's just gone all wrong for him. And those are those are mistakes that happen. I don't think it's the defining moment of the game. It's, it's, well, he's it, given him the first goal, it's hasn't a, it? It's a shocker, but I mean, we had a couple of chances afterwards. I think Horahan had a couple of pot shots. Um, uh, Snodgrass had a chance to, to level things up. But 
We didn't Ult- make anything that Ultimately, that we weren't in the game compared to... Derby could have been 1-0 up after a minute. What did you think of the uh, the atmosphere at Pride Park? Good. Are they are they confident? Are they a confident side? Are they looking like they're going to they're, they're gonna last the distance and even challenge maybe Cardiff? I'd expect them to be in the top six. I don't know about auto- automatics, but they're, they're, they're saying vibrant, a bouncy crowd. As, as I said, they'd gone under the radar for me. I didn't realise how well they were doing until it was coming up to us. Mm. Us playing, and whenever I... Whenever I'd seen the highlights and stuff, it looked like they were inconsistent one week, they'd win one week, they'd they'd get beat. But they've obviously got some form of consistency going over the last month or so. Rowett knows what he's doing. You've only got to look at Birmingham yeah. and the fact that he, got, that he had them in and around, sniffing around the top six and look what happened to them when, when he went. He's very, very astute, Gary Rowett. He's a good manager. He's switched on. He's not the most adventurous of managers. I mean, people harp on about Bruce's football. Rowett's not... Then on it, Derby on an attacking side. Birmingham weren't an attacking side, but he get he gets you organised. He'll play he'll play you deep, but he, he he's got that mobile that mobile front line. I mean, one thing that annoyed me actually, Tom Huddleston playing central midfield for Derby. Like you're saying, Derby were getting people around wheeling. Mm. Huddleston did have to break a sweat all day, and one thing he does not have is pace and energy. And that's two things. <laughs> two things he doesn't have a, a pace and energy. He's good on the ball. But if you if you get around him, he doesn't want to go back the other way, and we just never he never had to go back the other way. Mm. He didn't break a sweat, and that was a that was annoying. Yeah, we need to be putting pressure on. And I, I kind of feel like when Keenan Davis first burst on the scene, that's what we were doing. We had that pressure higher up the field. We were we were putting the pressure on their back line and and their deep lying midfielder, and it gave us that that breathing room. And I wonder if if. Just John Terry's organisation, we're missing that a little bit, where he's going, just, just his communication is, is just getting everybody up a little bit further forward and just taking the pressure off the back four. We miss John Terry full stop. He needs to he needs to come back mm. very soon. I mean, he was on Sky on Monday, wasn't he? It? it sounds yeah. like he's going to be back in the next few weeks, although that's not as soon yeah. as I would have liked and and would have hoped because suddenly we haven't won in three now. Yeah. Suddenly, a bit of negativity creeps in. You go one nil down to Sheffield United on Saturday, and the boo boys start to come back. So things can change and turn very quickly in football, especially at Villa. And I'm just hoping that isn't isn't the case. Now we've there's still enough games this month to make it a salvageable month and a good and a good month. We haven't got to the best of starts. The Leeds game was a decent result, I think. One yeah. one, Millwall. I think those kind of results happen. Derby was very poor. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's it. I think if. Um... If the Millwall result had happened, but then we got a win at Derby, it would have been forgotten. If we'd won at Millwall and then this result had happened, it wouldn't be the end of the world. It's just the accumulation, like you say, not winning in three. It starts to put the pressure on. We're still in and around the uh, the playoff picture, but we, we need to pick it up against yeah. Sheffield United, who are a decent side. But if you cannot win in three and still be sitting in sitting in fifth, it means we're pretty consolidated within the playoff picture at the moment for now yeah but we can't afford many more slip-ups this month now one more thing before we get on to um the news in general i just wanted to to get your opinion as a as a goalkeeper <laughs> sam johnston there was a ball come in and and nugent had a chance i think it was from the left and, and nugent arrived at the back post sam johnston kind of came for it this was early on in the first half uh then didn't and then had to make a, a pretty decent reaction save we've talked about johnston's presence kind of coming out and claiming the ball do you think there he should have been earlier come reading that reading that ball taking out the danger straight away or or do you think actually that the the reaction time wasn't enough and he did a good job with on the face of it the way i'd look at it is has the ball got in the back of the net no so but they got a corner he's done the right thing 
they got a corner, which, you, you know, I mean, ifs and buts, but... <coughs> I'll just, they, they, uh, they didn't score off it, though, so... I'm just saying he did the right thing. As a, as a goalkeeper, though, the, the quality, you think that he, he still had a good enough game and... and yeah, he was not the problem. Yeah. Johnston wasn't wasn't the problem. The defence didn't have didn't cover themselves in glory. Yeah. Nor did the midfield. I mean the passing was horrendous all day. Slo- so so sloppy. We've got to get better at looking after the ball. Yeah. You can't look after the ball as badly as we did and expect to come out come out with, with results. Greedish is seen to be the only one who knew how to look after the ball. I sound like Tim Sherwood again. <laughs> but he does know how to look after the football. I d I don't I don't I don't like I don't like the way Tim Sherwood says some says some things, but I actually agree with what he's trying to say. The ball is his friend he's, yeah. when he says things like that. He, just, <laughs> he looks after the ball, Grealish, and a few more Villa players need to start looking after the ball like he does. Because if you've got the ball, the other team can't score. So consider that your derby review. A, a poor day at the office for, for everyone involved, and, and let's hope. And uh, on Saturday, Sheffield United at home, that we can uh, we can pick it up and, and raise raise the roof of Villa Park because we need to we need to... Kickstart December with a win. I mean, I actually had a nice day at Derby, despite the result. Yeah, yeah, I had a good, I had a good day. Other than that, that's the thing. We're apart from the days. fact that you were you were very ill. I know. I wonder if I'm wondering because I travelled down with the entire. I'm wondering whether he's picked up any illness. I've not spoken to him this week. I'm wondering if he's. I mean, he was telling me to man up all day. Was he? So he might not be able to get out of his bed to reach yeah, his I'd, phone. Yeah, I'd like to know if he got if he picked up an illness so I could tell him to man up, man up back. <laughs> If you I'm don't, bit, you don't, you don't seem like you're fully in that place where you can dish out the abuse. You've no, been quite nice to me so far. You call me a good friend, so probably you're yeah. obviously it's Christmas, not, isn't it? You're not quite healthy. It's four yet. days till Christmas, Tom. Want to want to send you off in high spirits. Thanks, thanks. Well, we talked a little bit just there about Sam Johnston. He's the man in the papers this morning in the last couple of days. A couple of Premier League teams who are supposedly interested in picking him up in January. He obviously signed a new contract with Manchester United in uh, last month, was it? Um, mm-hmm. But he could potentially be available for Premier League suitors uh, in January. Guff. T- talking about five, six million Crystal Palace players like that. You don't believe it? It's absolute guff. Why? How do they know? Well, people know things. Like, you it's know. It's so things. random, Crystal, Crystal Palace, West Brom, and West Ham, was it? Yeah. West Ham have got Joe Hart and Adrian. They're not going to sign Sam Johnston. West Bro- Alan Parge has been there five minutes. He's not going to come in and immediately just say. I want Sam Johnston. I wouldn't be surprised about no. that. No. People like to put their stamp on things. No, no chance. Palace need a keeper because Spironi and Hennessy. It's not. It's not the year two thousand. They, they need. A, <laughs> they need a new goalkeeper for, for absolute sure. I don't think you can rule it out as as easily as you're saying there. But we, Manu aren't going to cancel the loan agreement, and we, can that? Can, they that are. can Manu even do that? Yeah, of How course they can. We know? Because if a, if a if a transfer big comes in there's definitely agreements where and, and I think especially in the second year of a loan we'll have paid a fee for sure well then Absolute I don't sure. think Man you're going to I think there might be compensation come back to Villa for that but I don't think you can just rule it out because he's on loan at Villa I'm going to rule it out well you can't well, I'm going to you're going to rule it out on this podcast I'm going to say Sam Johnston will be a Villa player by the end, at the end of January no I'm not going to say he'll join permanently I'm saying he'll still be with us this season at the end of January he'll still be yeah. with us Yeah, I the hope thing, so the thing's going to change I hope so but it's lazy paper tour that's part of the, the news segment is we actually discuss what's happening I know I just think it's <laughs> lazy, lazy paper tour you're calling me lazy not you I've got notes and everything I know you not today you haven't I've oh, got you, a few. I know you've got a few yeah. no I just don't see it I just think there's never any quotes in these stories it's just bull. There is a, there is a lot of I think ninety percent probably of maybe more of uh, of paper rumours, but I, I have seen it on uh, on several papers and a couple of decent ones as well. So I mean, who knows? You know, I uh, 
It's not going to happen. I'm well in with Manchester United. Oh, yeah? So, oh, you uh, are, are you? Yeah. Let's see if you can find out. Mm-hmm. I'll use, have your, a word. use your connections. I'll have a word with... Uh, You're the connected one, not me. With my sparrows. Yeah? Did you, did you go to Man U last night? Not last night, last week. Did, which one did you go to? Bournemouth. Is it Gauzy Lark? Um... What was the what like the, the game? Whole experience. For so you. I went. Corp? I went corporate hospitality. Oh my god! <laughs> you sound like Ian Taylor. Uh, the food was lovely. The drink was great. The um, the game was. Bournemouth were very good for ten minutes. Man U were very good for seventy minutes. Yeah, the, I mean there was pies. Yeah, there was uh, some gammon. A couple of beers. I'm very interested in the hospitality side of things nowadays. Are you? Yeah, you're changing. Yeah, I don't. I don't do it. Not yet. I mean, I'm interested in it. Are you? Yeah. Why? I don't because the Luke Organ stuff the other day. Oh, and yeah. him talking about all the hospitality and the margins, I suddenly became, I suddenly uh, became interested. Uh, I was back in economist. GCSE business studies, and I just, I've become interested in that kind of thing now. Well, let's talk about that then for a, yeah. for a, a short minute. Uh, Dan, you were at Villa Park last week. You spoke with... Friday, yeah. COO. No, CCO. CCO? CCO. Chief... Chief Commercial Officer. Ah. I don't know what COO would be. Chief Operations. Operation, yeah, Operation. no, I don't know who that is at Villa. All right. No, not spoke to that guy. That's your next interview. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, Luke Organ is the man, the CCO, um, and you sat down with him, you had a little chat. What did you talk about? Have you not watched it? No, oh, yeah, oh, I watched, watched it, it, but we're explaining oh, it. We're you're, just, you're not right up here oh, today. I'm not, I'm not the quickest mentally at the moment at all. Um, it doesn't bode well for Christmas board games and <laughs> quizzes and stuff, does yeah, it? Yeah, you're not going to be a good... Are you not going to pull a squad numbers game out of no, me No, that's true. That would have been perfect. Um, we just spoke about the landscape at Villa off the pitch since he's been there the last 12 months since, since he's joined. It was really, really interesting to speak to him and thanks to Luke Organ and thanks to Villa for letting us come down and do that because I don't think many fan channels, to be fair, can say they've gone and interviewed the chief exec and the chief commercial officer in the in the same year just just try and get some valuable insights to villa fans and it's been quite well received so far mm. that video i mean we spoke about the villa park redevelopment i mean i don't want to spoil the video because i want people to watch it mm. the villa park redevelopment the, the white third shirt the hospitality scene at villa we spoke about a lot of things half an hour interview so we've got some really really good stuff there and it what i like is the fact that villa seemed to have one of the best in their field working for them. So I'd say he's one of the best in his field. Yeah. I mean, I put the interview on LinkedIn and the amount of people raving about him on LinkedIn is very, very encouraging. And you can just tell it how switched on he is and he gets it. He knows what he knows what needs doing. That he was horrified by what he walked into. So, yeah, really, really good guy and a really, really interesting interview. Yeah, I really like that, that he can talk about the fact that it was a complete mess, and <clears throat> it, it does need work, and it still needs work. To yeah. be fair, it's not—it's not the finished product. It's, it's well worth watching. I must admit, when when we were talking about doing an interview with the CCO, I was kind of like, "What? What's the what's the big market here? People are interested in what's happening on the pitch." But actually, like you say, the the reaction to it is 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 really positive because people care about how the club is run, and we've seen it run into the ground a little bit. Um, in this uh, kind of two or three years before uh, Tony Jar came in, and now we're, we're starting to see the fruits of the labour, and hopefully <laughs> we'll see those fruits in the Premier League before too long. Yeah, I mean, off the pitch now, obviously I spend a bit of time behind the scenes at Villa on a match day. Now I can I can see that it's better than what it was than what it was previously. You can see there's a bit of structure. They know what they're catering for. There's there's, a, there's different things now. I think that's the, the main point Luke was talking about with the hospitality is. Mm. Every wherever you went at Villa, whether it be the Holt Suite or somewhere else, everything was the same. They've now got stuff like the Heineken Lounge, which is catered for like a la- 
lads and dads. It's got it's got games, consoles, foosball tables, and things like that. There, there's all these different kinds of lounges now, which is which is really really good. And they're trying to get the the feel of, of Villa back and what is the feel of Villa and finding stuff that, like that out. So look, he's still working on stuff. But he's done a very good job in the 12 months he's been here by by the looks of things. Yeah, so go and watch that on the Villa View YouTube channel. It's a it's a great watch. I will say on the on the white third kit you saw a derby. Oh, that I won that kit. You you saw the mess it was made making on uh, those derby kits. You know, my mum would not be pleased with that. No. That wouldn't be coming in the house. No, I'll tell you. no. Um, no, I didn't to say. I've completely forgotten you've. Oh, sorry. Me with your story, your think... Jack and Ori section <laughs> that you like to sometimes do. I like to chuck it in. Uh, let's talk quickly. Oh, I nearly came back then. It's gone. <laughs> let's talk quickly about the striker situation. Yeah. Um, we've got Hogan on the bench. We've got Agbon Lahore on the bench, which Bruce doesn't seem to have too many, too much faith in those two guys. Um, whether it's fitness, whether it's ability or not, whether it's system. Uh, we've got Keenan Davis, who's been leading the line admirably, but he's tired. He's ill. He needs a break. And we've got the January transfer window coming up. A couple of couple of rumours again floating around. I know you're going to dismiss them all straight away. No, no, no. no, no <laughs> but Danny Ings, uh, Leonardo Joa um, are the two guys that have been most bandied about with Villa. You got any others you want to chuck into the mix there? No, I think they're the main two. And who would you have out of the two? Well, Joa would probably suit us a bit more. But I've always thought Ings was a good striker. Although he's had injury problems, which would concern me. I, um... Ings is going to get a prem move. Do you think? Yeah, there'll be teams in the Premier League that will take Ings. There'll probably be teams in the Premier League in a relegation battle that would take Aljoa as well, maybe a Swansea. I liked him when he arrived at Leicester. I think he's a. I he's think got he's a good nice championship player. pedigree because he did well at Brighton yeah. before he got that move to Leicester. He'd be the one because he's similar to Davis, he's no big target man. Holds the ball up, so I'd say he's probably. The sensible option if the reason we're getting one is so we've got uh, can take Davis out and give him a rest because we missed Davis on Saturday. Yeah. Even a not on top form Davis on Saturday would have helped us. Uh, Sean White asked this question. He said, "What strikers could we go for?" He says, um, "Danny Ings is a good player, but injury prone, and Ajoa is really over the hill." And at 31, I thought that was uh, something for you to maybe yeah. answer that question. Well, I'm not a footballer, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you I'm sound over the hill. hill. I'm over the hill. <laughs> It's difficult because both those two as well have come back into the scene for their parent clubs. At the moment, they've both been on the bench in recent weeks and yeah. coming on. I was shocked when I saw Ings on the bench against Everton yeah. the other week. And also, I noticed Aljoa came on for Leicester as well. I know the Villa Villa are looking at a striker. It's no, it's no secret. Bruce has said that they are, but I think it's going to be difficult to get one in. And if I'm being honest, if we can't get someone of the pedigree of Aljoa or Ings, I wouldn't bother. Yeah, Because we've got Hogan, who's not getting games. We've got um, Gabby. He's here. We may as well utilise him if we're not going to get anyone who's, who's better than him. He's, he scored a goal this season. He's not playing many games, but he showed he can hit the back of the net this season. Hepburn Murphy come back into the under-23s and scored. Yep. So I'd suggest, there's, I'd suggest there's options at the club. Unless you can get someone in who's going to significantly improve the first team, I'd suggest there should be enough there. I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the, the under twenty threes because we had a a game last week where it was uh, against West Brom. Aston Villa ran out four one winners, and you got Russian Hepburn Murphy, Callum O'Hare, and Harry McCurdy all on the score sheet. Yeah, the, you know these names are they're no longer kind of prospects that 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 the kind of super fan has heard of. Most Villa fans now have heard of these kind of players and are waiting to see them. We've we said all along that December was the time where we thought maybe we'd start to see them, especially uh, we've got the FA Cup game coming up as well in uh, in January, so we should be seeing these players then. We haven't 
seen them as yet, and I think that's frustrating people. Well, Hepburn Murphy's been injured for a very long time. Of He's course. He's been injured for a year. Yeah. For the most part of that. Of that year. I don't know how good he is, if I'm being honest. He looked good in his cameos last season. I remember he came on against Newcastle in a draw at Villa Park when Di Matteo was still there and he changed the game for us. He looked fearless. And obviously that's the kind of thing that you want to see, someone who can run with the ball and be fearless and commit people. So, but I don't, Generally, I'm not sure how good, he, how good Hepburn Murphy is, but you don't know unless you give him a chance, as we found out with Davis. Yeah, and, and you've got Andre Green as well coming back. I think... That's good. That's it's, big. It's one of these where... We're going to say it again, and we'll probably get pelters on Twitter for it, but the future of Villa is really, really bright. I know it's it's a win-now game, and we need to we need to buck this trend of, of three um, without a win. But there is there is so much... At that at that next level that we I'd really like to see us more and 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 that is on Bruce and it is on the coaching staff to make that decision and go yes this guy's ready um, and and Callum O'Hare scored a lot of goals this year for the under twenty threes we've seen him on the bench a couple of times and now really is the time to see what we're made of because because we are struggling for a striker and and I'd like to see what he's got. I'm pleased with, I said spoke about this last week. Green being back is massive. Yeah. Because it's an injection of pace. Yeah. Off the bench and that's what we haven't really had. I haven't got anyone who could come and run at tired, tired. I don't know Grealish is very skillful, but he's not the quickest. You know, a green will just be that pace, and that's what defenders don't like coming up against, especially late in the game when they've been battling for 80, 80 minutes. To bring Andre Green on for the last 10 will be massive for us at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> all right, let's go on to a couple of comments on, on Twitter here. We've got Pat Tolly uh, just sending Christmas greetings to you and your families, along with a big thank you for entertaining the podcasts. Thank you very much, Pat. Thanks, uh, Pat. New Year resolution for See Dan. You Saturday. <laughs> New Year's resolution for uh, Dan. Don't lose any more equipment. I mean, you lose one camera. Um, you get and you get tarnished for life. And you're uh, labelled. Tom improved timekeeping. That's true. Again, today, questions have been, ra- have been raised. I was here on time. If, if anything, I'm a, I'm a very busy guy. So We're all busy, Tom. Uh, yeah, but we literally do this in your office. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> there should be a New Year's resolution for Rollinson in there, because once again, we've received no oh, yeah, that's YouTube true. comments from Daniel Rollinson this week. Rollinson, he's got a little bit of work. He's, people are starting to talk about him now as this hot new video editor, producer, whatever you want to call it. And, and he's and, throwing the presenting in the mix as well, hasn't he? So, and he's, he's abandoned the podcast. He's a triple, quite, triple threat. Quite producer, friendly. presenter, editor. Great looking guy. Is he? Is he? <laughs> um, I tell you what, Dan Rollinson's too focused on getting a puppy. Oh, yeah. At the moment, true. he wants a family puppy, and that is all he's concentrating on. I honestly can't be bothered with you guys and your pets. It's such a waste of time, uh, and it distracts from the podcast. No, but friendly. I was clinical with getting my pet. It hasn't affected podcasts. You were not all. bothered about rabbits before you got them, and then as soon as you got them, you were they were your world. Oh, they are my world. <laughs> Absolutely. I lo- love them to bits. Um, Rollo needs to sort himself out. We've got a few nice messages on Twitter saying uh, thanks for the podcast and happy Christmas and all that kind of Karen. So thank you and happy Christmas to all of you guys. Uh, James Felipe, is this the... I've just remembered randomly the thing I was going to say earlier. <laughs> Do you want to go? I was just going to say that we were planning on releasing the Luke Organ thing as a, just not a podcast because me and you won't be on it, Right. but as a, an, an audio-only piece oh, so okay. people can listen to it on the go as well. Ah, there you go. If you're, uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud, you'll be able to get it if you if you ban YouTube from your life for yeah. whatever reason. Uh, James Felipe, is this the biggest game of the season? Listening to other podcasts, what are you doing, James? Hey, first hey, of all. You can listen to other podcasts, that's fine. <laughs> uh, E.g. Totally Football League show, none of them have us to win. Still a lot of games to really? go, but our mental game needs this desperately. Confidence seems low going into this run. Well, we've got the fixture list, we've got the um, 
Sheffield United's recent fixtures, and they their form's uh, not good. Their form is as as bad, if not worse, than us. They haven't won since the seventeenth of November when they beat Burton. Um, in that time, they've lost to Fulham, who we beat. They drew I mean, to Sheffield. They've scored four goals at home. You should be winning that. Yeah, game. that's <laughs> true. Uh, they drew to Birmingham, who we beat. They um, we didn't beat Birmingham. Oh no, we didn't beat we Birmingham. Drove. I was already moving on to Millwall. They beat, uh, they lost to Millwall, who we drew to as well, um, and lost <coughs> on Friday night. Our uh, oh, last Friday night to Bristol, Bristol City, and they lost again at <coughs> uh, the weekend to Preston. So actually, they're under a little bit of pressure as well. But I would have thought. You saying they're under pressure, but there's zero expectations of them going up at the start of the season. I would suggest. I think anyone had Sheffield United down as all oh, they're going to be contenders. If no. you did fair play. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if you did, you're a magician. But they're uh, still up and around. Oh, they're still sixth. They're joint level points with us. So like I was saying, the fact that they've not won in six or whatever it is, and they're still in the top six, credit credit to them. But now you look at the, you look at the table and you've got Middlesbrough at 10th on 32, who are a little bit off. But then Preston, uh, Ipswich and Leeds are 35, 35 and 36. And then it's us on 37. And there's a... Bit of a gap growing between us and, and fourth, which is Derby on 41. You know, there's four points there. Things change very quickly. There's no doubt about that. But you don't want to see that gap between us and Derby, Derby grow anymore. No. and This is a huge game. It is a huge game. We're further away from Cardiff than I'd like. Yeah. In the autos, 10 points. That's going to be difficult to claw back. There's still plenty of games, but it is going to be difficult to, to claw back. You just got to stay in the top six for now. I think when you're on a bad run, you just got to stay in the top six. I think what James is saying here is this the biggest game of the season? I feel like I've said that every game this month so far with Leeds, and then when we didn't beat Leeds with Millwall, and obviously against Derby, and now this is another one because you're right. If we lose this, there's a big, big chance that we'll we'll drop out of the playoffs if we lose this one. So yeah, it, yeah it's a big game. It is a it is a massive. But game. they're all must win games in general. Yeah, there's not many games where we go to and we think. Oh, we can lose today. Yeah. <laughs> They're all, we want to win them all, don't we? No, it's very, very true. Um, quickly, Paul Tipton, uh, thoughts on Birmingham being awarded the uh, 2022 Commonwealth Games and how it might affect Villa Park? Uh, it's good news, obviously. Good for the good for the city, because Birmingham city. is a great city. As someone who lives in London, Birmingham's far better than it. I like Birmingham a lot. It's so much better than London. Yeah. London's so overrated. Well, it's not boring. It's not. I mean, if there's one thing about boring. London, it's not boring. It's pretentious. A bit pretentious. The problem with London is it's too big, and the people aren't friendly. I disagree with that, but the, they're as friendly as, as a lot of other cities. I would uh, say. Uh, Birmingham people are salt of the earth, aren't they? The Brummies. No, they're salt of the earth, Tom. Absolutely great, as you know. Not as good as Cambridge folk, but no, very, no, very no, close no, second. No, no, you alienate. <laughs> You're alienating ninety percent of the people. That well, of course I am. Yeah, uh, but no, I, I do love Birmingham. I love the the, the uh, centralised pedestrian bit. It's a nice looking city, um, and obviously Villa Park is is uh, iconic. I've so lived in London for ten years now, and for every minute I've been there, I've wanted to live in Birmingham. Well, I mean, nobody's stopping you, mate. Well, they are job stopping me. Well, so, mean, if anyone wants to get me a good job in Birmingham, that'd be great as a little podcast request because I'd love to move back home. Well, okay. So anyone can help with that. What um, happens to the you know, podcast? I mean, that's a good point. Do you didn't, take didn't it with you, or do I get to keep it? How would I get in? That's true. <laughs> That's true. Is there a demand for a Tom Julian podcast? I'm not sure. Oh, is, wow. Uh, I'm only joking. Oh, I'm very good at the podcast. Very, very good at He's the podcast. He's obviously feeling better because the, the abuse is coming back. Voice is starting to go again as well. Uh, okay, last question, um, because we've got to get out of here. It's very, very busy around Christmas. Um, 
best Boxing Day games for you? There's been a couple of corkers, Arsenal, Chelsea. Um, I remember going to che- uh, Chelsea on Boxing Day, I think four, it was. Four. and I didn't go to that one, that was the 4-4. But I went, uh, Rafa Benitez, his first game in charge and we lost 7-0. I paid 70 quid for a ticket. Was Boxing Day? It was either Boxing Day or Christmas Eve, one of the well, two. Well, you've got to get it right here. I, I, I think that was before Christmas. I don't know. I think it was. All right. I remember. Uh, that was that was an absolute travesty. And I think it might have been eight nil. I think it might have been eight. I might have left before the eight. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't think of a good Boxing Day fixture. I can think of, like you. I can think of Christmas ones. Like obviously that Arsenal one when we were two down, and we came back and won three two in nineteen ninety eight. I want to say that was a good that was a good one. We played Arsenal again on Boxing Day under O'Neill, and we were two 0 down, and we got it back to two two. Zach Knight scored a swinger with his left foot. In the, la- in the last minute. Oh, you're right. And it was Christmas. Uh, it was the day before Christmas Eve, and it was 8 0. Oh, You've no. nailed that, haven't you? Thank you. You've absolutely nailed it. I, I can't think of it. I can think of a, ba- a few bad ones. I can't think of a good one. I'm, I'm disappointed I can't go to Brentford on Boxing Day. Yeah. Family commitments. I can't Damn get down. Family. Yeah. The yeah. trains are all. Why, why do the trains not run on Boxing Day? I can understand Christmas Day, but not Boxing Day. I, don't know, I think there's travel disruptions this weekend as well, the Sheffield United game as well. There's no trains back to Sheffield or something. Right. Just uh, absolutely ridiculous. It's a nightmare for me to get home as well. Supporters are not put at the forefront of the decision making that goes on around the scheduling of football matches and they really, at all. They really should be. Around around these times, football's a massive thing for families, and, and it's part of the Christmas spirit, really, of, of a lot of families. And. That should be taken into account. Yeah. That's poor. I'm still trying to answer Paul's question. I can, the only one I can think of is I remember as being Spurs 4-1 on Boxing Day and Stan Collymore scored a free kick. Scored a couple that day, I think, Collymore. That, that, that stands out in my head for some reason. Yeah, there you Under go. Brian Little. We've got to wrap it up. It's a bit busy around this time of the month, isn't it? I've got to go and... Uh, wedding t- time of the month, time you're, of the year. You're best man, aren't you, at a wedding now? Best man at a wedding, heading up to Dorridge. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Apologies, it's been a shorter than normal podcast. It's my fault. We would have done it earlier on in the week, but I've not been in the physical health to do one. And today was the only day, obviously, with Tom going off, that we could get together. So we've still given you a podcast, but not as long as normal. I'm sure we'll make up for it next week. There will be a Sheffield United preview upcoming as well, so stay tuned to that. If you haven't already watched the Luke Organ in- intro, the Luke Organ interview, then make sure you check that out because I think it's a pretty good interview, even if I do say so myself. And there is some interesting information in there for Villa fans about Villa commercially. Yep. And off the pitch, we'll be back next week, next Thursday, I think. We're going to record a post-Christmas podcast as this is the last time we'll both be together. We hope all podcast viewers and listeners have a wonderful Christmas. Eat, drink, do what you like, and then in the new year, let's all get trim together. That's what I'm. Is that all going to do? do? I'm on a regime in the new year for right. sure. But everyone enjoy the Christmas. Forget, forget about that kind of thing. Yeah. Eat what you want, drink what you want, and be merry. Also, be fan cams. Max is taking fan cams after the Sheffield United game, so there'll be a video for that as well. I'm. Not, I've got to shoot off, so I can't. I can't do it. I've got to go somewhere after the game that I'll already be running late for. Good commitment, by yeah. 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 Thank you. And yeah, that's it. Have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas and thanks for all your support you've given us. Yeah. Obviously, we've tried to reward you by wearing Christmas jumpers today. I'm not sure how much of a reward. Yeah, you're welcome. That, that is, but yeah, we've, we've done that for you. So I will say it's absolutely, absolutely boiling in yeah, here. Yeah, I am. So we are, you may be able to see the sweat particles just dripping off my forehead. Yeah. But yeah, thank you to all the mess- uh, for all the messages that you've, you've sent in saying that you're enjoying the podcast. We really appreciate those um, and the reviews and everything. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. So yeah, from me as well, have a Merry Christmas and, uh, and yeah, 
enjoy enjoy the time yeah happy christmas up the villa up the villa if you enjoyed that video why not watch another click the video choices on screen now to go and watch them in full be sure to subscribe to the channel by clicking our logo there on the left easy peasy Podcast Network.